0: to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2X comrades, Bill Kasky. We are right before Christmas. Not quite the night before, but pretty close. I know we missed last week's podcast, and I apologize for that. I was traveling and uh, in the middle of a lot of things. So I want to come back to you this week, though, with something that happened a couple weeks ago. I was training a group in Perrysville, Missouri. I won't say who it was, but uh, it was a group of probably 30 sales professionals and leaders and CEOs and presidents of the company. A really nice company down in uh, Missouri, and they have branches in different states around the Midwest. They had not had any kind of formal sales development, sales philosophy. I like to think of this some of what we talk about here as sales philosophy training. So they were kind of coming at things from uh, from a traditional sense, and that this traditional sense in their business was selling on price and convincing, hard convincing the prospect to do business with you. And of course, that's not my style. I think that whole approach, it it, actually, it does more harm than good. And sometimes I feel like we say to ourselves, well, you know, but at least we get, at least we get 25% of the business, at least we close 10% of our proposals, which is about the business to business average today, 10%, maybe even less, to which I always say, Well, you're happy with that, that that's pleasing 10%. So 90% of the proposals you do, there's no action on them. And you're happy with that, that 90% of your time you're spending with people who are never going to buy that sounds awful that sounds like a recipe for disaster, and actually it is. So I prefer to look at selling a little bit differently from the standpoint of what's our philosophy? What are our principles about who we'll sell to, who won't we sell to, what we'll do in the process, what we'll tolerate, what we won't tolerate? And I wanted to give these guys in Missouri five things as we began, which I'm going to share with you today, five things that you need to at least put into the foundation to make sure that the foundation is is right and solid and strong so the rest of the content can be built on it. I'm not gonna go through the whole five hour program because that would be a little too I'd have to talk really fast in a fifteen minute podcast. But I will give you five things. Number one, coaching, which is what I consider myself to be, whether it's in front of a group of people or one-to-one or on the phone or whatever, I, I feel like coaching is kind of my specialty and I, if I were to categorize what I do, that's what the way we would call it. Coaching is releasing a person's potential to maximize their own performance. It is helping them learn rather than teaching them. There is a fine line, and if you have a coach, if you have a really good coach that works with you and whether they work with you for business or for life or for physical fitness training or whatever... Uh, and you've probably had them before, you know how valuable a good coach can be. And what makes a good coach a great coach and very valuable to you is their ability to help you learn rather than teaching you. And uh, I think in sales and some of the work that we do and and more of the soft skills and and the mindset part, you really have to be careful that you're not teaching people. So I refrain from instruction and teaching until I have a real good sense of who I'm working with, and what they want to accomplish, why they're in the room, what, what, what's their purpose for being there. And a good coach always asks you those questions. So that's number one. Number two, and this is, gets down to selling and sales is a game of inputs, not outputs. Most companies spend all their time on things they can't control. And then I say, but we're not going to do that here. Here's what I get from a lot of CEOs and VPs of sales. We need the needle to move. We need to generate more revenue. We need to have better market penetration. Uh, So come in and make it so, Bill. And the problem with that is those are all the outputs. Those are the results of a lot of tiny details, a lot of loose ends, a lot of inputs along the way, inputs from things such as, how you think about yourself, how you think about your world, what your intention is in the process. I mean, if you have bad intent, if all you care about is making the sale, it's all you care about. And I know none of of us would ever admit that, but sometimes we slip and default into, into that dungeon. If that's all you care about, then that's going to be a problem. And I can come over and wave some magic dust and I can give you some great technique and great, uh, you know, great tool sets and things like that. But if your heart is not right, then your mechanics aren't going to be right and the results aren't going to be right. So this idea that you can control the outputs is folly. So stop looking at the outputs and start looking at what are all the inputs that create the outputs. In fact, one way I would do it is say, okay, let's suppose you wanted to Uh, improve market penetration in your territory. So that's the result. Then I would go back and reverse engineer that and I'd say, okay, what are all the elements of that? What are all the elements of improving market penetration? What does the customer need to come to believe? If the customers don't believe what you're talking about, you're not going to have any extra market penetration do a reverse engineering split, a bullet point list of all the elements that are going to make the input that are going to create the output or change the output. Then you can start pulling the levers. Number three, the ideal sales process is where they call you, they tell you their problems, they share their aspirations and ask you to help them. That way you keep the power. Selling is a game of power interaction. It's a game of who's selling whom, who has the power in the relationship, not necessarily the control, but who has the influence, who has the power. And many times, more often than you'd like to think, maybe it's happened to you, you have no power. Your power is all tied up in the need you have for the business. So you have a quota that you need to meet by the end of the year, and this person qualifies in that quota, and you put them on your pipeline report, and they're in your funnel, and now you're doing everything you can. You're throwing the kitchen sink at them, trying to get them to close by the end of some imaginary quarter that you have set up as an arbitrary timeline. But the problem is they don't see it that way. And so the ideal sales process is where they are selling you. The power shifts then. They no longer have the power. They have the pain. The person with the pain and the problem and the possibility and the motive for change is not the one that should be in control. I'm sorry. I mean, all you old sales trainers and salespeople who have bought in and believed all the old stuff about sales, it's just not true. The person with the pain should never be in control. The person with the, with the money should not be in control. The person with the solution is the one that should be in control. And that's you and me. So ideal sales process. They call you. They tell you their problems. They share their aspirations. Now, there is a technique to this. There's a lot of technique to this. A lot of mechanics. Everything has to be right. You got to be thinking of yourself in the right way and them and the process. But I can teach you the mechanics. But you have to start with this principle. Number four, you are a guide on their journey. You are not the hero. They are the heroes of their own stories. Guides get paid lots of money, so get good at being the guide in their life. This among all the things that we are teaching right now in our training. And there's a whole lot more to it than just, okay, I'm the guide. All right, check, got that. Whole lot more to it than that. But that's the starting point, is buying into this principle that You are the guide that helps them get from where they are to where they want to be. A couple things with that. Number one, you have to know where they are. Not just where they are physically, like how much money they're earning uh, or or what, what their company is earning, all the facts and figures and intellectual stuff. Yeah, you need to know that. But where are they mentally and emotionally? Where are they in terms of the desire to fix the problem or the desire to find out new solutions that they may not even know exist. So you have to find out where they are intellectually and financially and all that with their company. I'm talking about a business-to-business sale here. But you also need to find out where they are emotionally and mentally toward solving problems. Second thing you need to find out is where they're going. Huh. Where we are, where we're headed, and you are the guide that will help them get there think about how that changes your role you are no longer pushing them along the path you're walking alongside them on the path you're navigating the twists and turns of that path you're predicting when they're going to run into trouble on that path and they're listening to you and they're heeding your advice and your counsel and it's a it's a true partnership we, we throw that word partnership around so much that it's lost all of its meaning. Just because I sell somebody something because they call an order, that's not a partnership. A partnership is when I meet with them and we sit down and we look at the future and we look at the present and we chart a path and we say, here's where I can help you and here's where I can not help you. Cannot help you, Mr. Prospect. Here's what I can't do. We'll find somebody else to do that. It's never one person. But if you have the key to the map, that helps them get from where they are to where they want to be, you are providing an enormous service. You are the guide on their journey. Don't try to be the hero. Hmm. Number five, every sales problem we have right now is reflective of a poor mindset. Get the mind right, the proper mechanics follow as do the results. So you have two things. You have mindset and you have mechanics. And the mechanics... Of of what do I say? When do I say it? How do I say it? What questions do I ask? All that stuff. How do I show up? What's the flow of my first call? All that is very well mechanical. <laughs> I, I can teach you that. That's all comes with instruction and it comes with frameworks and templates and things like that. But your mindset does not come from a template. Your mindset comes from you being willing to transform how you think about yourself in the world and how you think about your customer, and how you think about the role you play in their business life, the transformation of that thought is what gives you all of your uniqueness. And it really can help you blast off and launch your, uh, you know, kind of a new wave of success for you. Because here's what I find people do. People start in their careers, and they go up. And if, you'll see, if you'd see me, I'm, um, I've got a, my hand in the air directing upward, and then they level off now my hand is leveling off. We have a a leveling off and plateau. And sometimes we say it's a comfort zone. Well, you know, Bob, he was making a hundred grand and he got to 125 and he hasn't made more than 125 in the last 10 years. He must be in his comfort zone. Well, not necessarily. Maybe Bob's going home at night. Is that the name I used earlier? Bob, John, that person's going home at night frustrated, anxious, edgy about not being able to figure out how to get from 125 to 300. We can't just automatically say, ah, they're in their comfort zone, they really don't want anymore. They may show that, they may give off that vibe and show that sign of not wanting anymore, but I bet you deep down, somewhere deep in their heart, they have a desire and an ambition to grow, grow their income, grow themselves, grow their territory, grow what they can give to charity, grow how they help others. So you leaders who are listening to this, make sure that you understand that every sales problem is a mindset problem. Really, when you think about it, and and some are going to not like me saying this, but I'll say it because it's at the end of the, it's in the 13th minute of a podcast that uh, maybe some people would not have made it to. It's a spiritual issue. Every sales problem to me is a spiritual issue. I call it a mindset because that's more acceptable, but the fact is that it's spiritual. It, it is between you and, and a higher power deciding what am I going, how am I going to serve people today and how am I going to charge for serving people today? And with that money that I earn from serving people, how will I distribute it? How will I contribute to charities? And how will I reinvest it back in myself so I can help more people? That's, by the way, the best, the best charity to me is you taking the money that you earn and putting it back into yourself. It's not just giving it away to some, somewhere, although there might be a little bit of that. Reinvest in yourself. What could be more spiritual than reinvesting in yourself? So the next year you grow even more and you have more money to give and you hire people and you, your vendors grow. I mean, everybody wins when you make more money, not just you. Leaders don't always look at this thing and say, well, he's in his comfort zone. He was growing for a while, but in the last four or five years kind of been stagnant. No, look at it and say, you know what? His mindset's not right. He has not worked on the mental and the spiritual part of selling and achievement. He's only worked on the mechanical part, and maybe not even on that. Okay, I hope you guys have an awesome Christmas, holiday, however you choose to celebrate. I celebrate Christmas, but for whatever you choose, I hope it's a a very restful and peaceful time. And uh, we will talk to you here on the 1st of January for another episode of the 2X Podcast. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Billkasky.